0: Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone today? Good. All happy because it's Mother's Day. I hope all you kids are out there with your moms and going to respect her today and have fun with her and do whatever she wants and not what you want today. Um, I just want to take a second and to piggyback a little what Pastor Paul was talking about um, Wisconsin Right to Life and, and our Rose sale and all the things that, um, that they are. Um, I have actually been on staff with Wisconsin Right to Life for nearly 20 years now, and so I've had firsthand experience seeing lives changed because of the programs that we do and, and just being there for women who are in trouble, and all the way from conception to natural death, so it's not just about, about babies, it's about the elderly, and it's about respecting all life, so I've had the privilege I've seen so much happen, and so we do need help in our local chapter to bring some of that um, knowledge and love to our own community. So if it's something that you would like to help us with, please see me afterwards. I I think we have a sign-up sheet over by the Roses. Um, If there's no Roses left, there's still a sign-up sheet if you want to become involved with us. So, So please do that. But anyway, again, happy Mother's Day to all of you amazing moms, and thank you for coming. I, I love watching all the dresses today. So usually we don't wear dresses, and I would have except for I'm preaching, and I don't like to preach in a dress. But it's fun to see dresses come out again. It's springtime, and everyone looks so beautiful. So um, I get to speak to you today, and I, I just I love being here with you to share some of my heart. Uh, I don't often um, get a chance to do this, but I just really felt today. As I was getting ready for what I was going to talk about, is is God just laid it on my heart to share just some of these things that you have learned in your lifetime. And, uh, you know, of course I'm still learning, and hopefully until I leave this planet, I will still be learning and growing. But I want to share with you this morning some of the things that God has taught me about um, about three different areas. And there's been more, but I just chose these three areas today um, so we can... um, See what God has to say about some things in our life. So, um, so the first thing that I want to talk about this morning is something that um, God taught me about love. And um, first of all, there are a lot of different kinds of love. We love differently for different things, for instance. I love hot dogs, love them so much. I love the natural casing ones. when you bite into them and that crunch, they're amazing. I love coffee for those those who know me know that I love coffee. I've been known as a coffee snob. Um, I love any kind of coffee. I roast coffee, I love coffee shops. Um, In fact, I started this one because I love coffee so much. So I love coffee. But it's a different kind of love than um, like loving um, even your pets. You have a love for your pets um, because they do give back to you a little bit. There's a love we have for our parents and our siblings and our coworkers. Uh, and we may fight with our siblings and even our parents, but we love them. We go through some hard times, but but we but we love them right And then the next um, kind of love we have is for our spouse. My husband and I met um, thirty nine years ago we 're married thirty nine years ago, and our love has grown so much through the years, but it wasn 't just perfect. There's a lot of ups and downs and sideways and this way and that way, a lot of forgiving and, and giving and taking. A lot of you that are married know that's what marriage takes, but that's what causes the love to grow if you're in it for the long haul, right? When you're committed to someone, you, uh, love just grows and grows. And then after that kind of love, that's an amazing kind of love, then we go to having children. And having children is another kind of love that's a little bit different than the kind of love you have for your spouse. You watch their little faces come alive after they're born. For my firstborn, I was in labor for 30 hours and had a C-section, so yeah, I still loved him anyway, (laughs) Even, (laughs) even though he put me through that. But there's something about being a parent and that kind of love is the, it's, it's the protecting kind of love. You just want to protect them. You want to make sure that life doesn't hurt them. I remember being in the hospital with our firstborn and not wanting to go home because I thought, I'm going to take you into this cruel world. How am I going to protect you? So that's the kind of love that, that parents have for their kids. And, and it is definitely awesome. Then we go another step further. We um, have 14 grandchildren. And then there's the love that a grandparent has for their grandkids. And it, it does surpass even your love for your kids. I mean, I love my kids with an amazing love, but there's something about grandkids that is even more amazing. I didn't think that was possible. But I think I must love my grandkids too much because they, they, kind of, they know that I want to hug when they come to see me but sometimes I hug them so hard, their little eyes are like popping, and the grandma stop hugging me. I can't help it. I just don't realize how hard I'm hugging them sometimes, because I can do it. I love them. I want to kiss their cheeks and hug them, and there's this, I just, and that kind of love is amazing. It's a little different than your kids, because you don't have the responsibility of raising them, although there's still a responsibility as grandparents, but it's a little different. We could just spoil them and do all the fun things that parents who are busy can't always do. So, so that's another kind of love, and that definitely is an amazing love. But I'll tell you, there's one kind of love that surpasses all of this love. You see, many, many years ago, I found myself in a terrible place. I needed God. I was looking for love. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, like, that, like the song says. I was... I was, I was in trouble, and I needed a Savior. And I didn't think that God could love me. Why, why, would, why would there be a God that loved me? I'm this terrible sinner, and I didn't even think about him ever. So why would he love me? But I discovered that God's love surpasses any kind of love that we would have, and yet I was afraid to jump into it. I want to read us a scripture verse this morning. It comes from Romans 8, 35, 37 through 39 in the New Living Translation. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, uh, that is like the most amazing kind of love you can imagine. I mean, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how we act. He loves us anyway. He doesn't turn us away. All of those different areas of love that I talked about, they, there's chance for rejection. Even the hot dog, what if it's a bad one? It can reject me. I mean, but there's no chance that God's love will ever, ever disappoint us or turn us away. I love it. I learned that when I was yet a sinner, he died on a cross for me. He waited for me with open arms, even when I rejected him. And I did a few times. I remember people asking me, you know, Doreen, you really need Jesus. Can I pray with you? I would say, no, I don't need that. And I, and I rejected him. And I look back at that today and it just tears my heart out because I thought, why, why did I reject it then? But I came to my senses and God was there when I turned around and, said, and I said yes to him. The love of my Savior taught me to love and I strive every day to mimic that same kind of love to those around me, even if they turn it away like I once did. I am going to give them another chance and another chance. That's why it's important for us to know how much God loves us to know the love of our Heavenly Father. This might seem simple, but it's very deep and profound because I know many of you are sitting out there and have messed up like I have and thinking that, does God love me? I mean, I messed up today. Does God still love me? He always does. He never, ever, ever turns us away. He's always there for us. Not even powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. God is more powerful than anything in heaven or on earth. When you accept Jesus' invitation to begin a relationship with God, you are secure in his love forever. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That's the kind of love that I learned about through these years. I mean, we can never experience love in the relationships that I talked about properly unless we know how much God loves us. God does love us. His word says, tells us over and over again. So that's one thing that I learned. And there's more, but I'll go on. So another thing that I've learned is that we make life way harder than it really is. We can make life really hard. We tend to overcomplicate things. I think society around us says if it's not the hard way, it's not the good way. Well, it's not necessarily true. We make life so much harder than it really needs to be. So, uh, last week, when my husband was up here preaching, he told everybody that I forgot to put sugar in the pumpkin pie. Who is here for that? So, I'm going to get him back today. So, you're going to watch us have a fight. So, he talked about me. I'm going to talk about him now. So, I don't know what it is about men, and maybe it's just my husband, but why do they have to complicate things so much? So, one day, I'm in the kitchen. I think I was making Thanksgiving dinner. I was doing something. I was doing something. And our sink got clogged, and I was with peelings or whatever I was using. And I said, honey, I said, can you come fix this clog? I need it fixed. So he doesn't just, like, think, oh, maybe I could just take the plunger and plunge it. Although I did suggest that to him. We we're just going to say that right off the bat. But he went downstairs, and he starts taking the pipes off. He sawed the pipes off, and he starts looking under in there, and he dismantled everything. and made a horrible mess. Honey, I can't get this. I'm going to have to go get a snake from the hardware store. It's like, whatever. And then he said he got that. He couldn't do it. He, so he, (laughs) he came home and said, Honey, I have to call a plumber now. I can't. I can't fix this. So in the meantime, he said, I'm just going to put the pipes back together, and we're going to have to just wait for a plumber. And the whole, whole time I said, Honey, just try the plunger. Now, I could have done it myself but I didn't wanna hurt his ego. So I, I let him do it. I suggested, honey, here's the plumber, the plunger. Can you please just try that? Okay, it's not gonna work though. I'm, I will try, but it's not gonna work. Plunge, plunge, plunge. <laughs> he always makes things harder than it is. In fact, that is our, that is our joke as a family. Dad, why always the hard way? He does things the hard way. But why do we do that? Why do we have a tendency to do things the hard way before we even try the simple ways in life? We complicate so many things. And one way that I think we complicate things is in relationships. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. We have relationships like with our moms, our dads, our coworkers. And we have relationships. Every time we wake up walk outside the door or just wake up, we have a relationship to establish in our household. Even if you're single, you go to work and you have relationships that you work on. They can get messy. Life happens, and since we're not perfect human beings, we mess up. We can hurt and damage and destroy relationships, even the strongest of ones. I think we just overcomplicate things. We try to fix things that don't need to be fixed. One of the ways we do that is assume that that people are upset at us. And then we overcomplicate it and think, oh my gosh, then you do on it all day long. I bet they're mad at me. I, oh, I bet they're this. And, and so you do you decide, oh, I'm not going to talk to them because they looked at me funny. They must be mad at me. Well, they're probably not mad at you. They probably just had a look. We overcomplicate it. We f- think way too much into the future rather than just assume that, that people are okay or maybe just ask them. If we look at what Jesus told us to do, we would not overcomplicate things and get into messes. I want to read us a scripture today, Romans 12, 10 through 16. And it says this, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, since with the Lord's people who are in need... Share with them who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. That's pretty plain. There's a lot of plain words in that, that whole passage of Scripture. We overcomplicate things. We become the victim. Do you know what I mean by that? When we come into a situation where we have to um, respond to a situation, maybe that is not so pleasant, we can, we can overreact to that, and we think, oh my gosh, I got my feelings hurt. Oh my gosh, they hate me, or, or I'm never going to talk to them again, or, or whatever it might be. We, we become the victim. It feels good to be, a, the, to be the victim, because when you're the victim, somebody else we think is going to feel sorry for us. And then we sit at home and don't do anything with our friends because we think that they're all mad at us, somebody hurt my feelings, and we become this victim. So I want to talk to you today about being a student rather than a victim, What, what a difference it makes to be a student and not a victim. A victim says this. A victim says, why did this happen to me? A student says, what can I learn from this? Instead of thinking, why did this happen to me? Maybe you didn't get the raise and someone else got, got a raise. Maybe um, someone else got a new car and you can't afford to get one. You make yourself a victim thinking, how come they can always afford things and I, I can never afford anything? But a victim says, why did this happen to me? A student says, what can I learn from this? A victim blames other people for problems, but a student asks, how much of this did I bring on myself? Ooh, that's that's kind of an ouch, right? If we want to grow and learn in God, we have to get away from being a victim, having the victim mentality. A victim looks at everyone else and cries out, life isn't fair a student looks at life and says what happened to me could have happened to anyone so see what's happening here we're making a shift in our thinking if we want to be effective if we want to be good friends and good and good coworkers good people on this earth we have to change our thinking if we're going to try to bring others to, to Jesus a victim believes it's hard times have come because God is trying to punish him a student understands that God allows hard times in order to help him grow Definitely is a good way to look at it. We're going to grow more in Jesus and have a much more peaceful life if we do that. If we decide we're going to grow instead of being the victim. A victim would rather complain than find a solution. A student has no time to complain because he is busy making the best of his situation. These are good words. A victim believes that the deck of life is forever stacked against him, but a student believes that God is able to reshuffle the cards anytime he wants to. You may have had something bad happen to you. You may have had some hard knocks in your life, but instead of reverting back and and sitting back and thinking that I'm never gonna amount to anything in my life, we can think that God can reshuffle our life and make something good out of it. A victim feels sorry for himself, that he has no time for others. A student focuses on helping others so that he has no time to feel sorry for himself. A victim begs God to remove the problems of life so that he might be happy. A student has learned through the problems of life that God alone is the source of all true happiness. If we were taken away from every bad situation in our life, and not have the opportunity to walk through them and to trust God and to grow our faith would never grow. So if we look at the things the hard things and I know that life is hard sometimes, the hard things that we go through, if we can look at it and think, God, what can what can I learn through this? What how can I grow through this? Many things have to happen to us that we cannot control. In that sense we're all victims of unexpected circumstances. Unfortunately, some people never rise above the victim mode. It's easy to sit in the victim mode. It's easy to stay offended. It's easy to stay in the place where you feel like, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a a good dad. I'm I'm not good at anything. And so we stay in that spot, and we stew on it, and we become this victim that is absolutely worthless. I'm speaking from experience. Remember, these are things that I've learned in life. So I'm still learning some of these things. Believe me, this victim mentality is something that we have to put down every day. Because every day we run into circumstances, every day we run into people, every day things can happen to us that we have to decide, are we gonna be a victim or are we gonna turn it around and be a student and ask God, God, what can I learn from this? It is super hard to do that sometimes. But the more we do it, the more we grow, and the more we're going to be mature Christians. Instead of being a Christian that has been a Christian for 25 years, and they still look like a baby Christian because they haven't learned some of these things. And I really believe that having a victim mentality will keep us in a baby phase of our Christian growth. We need to look at life and look at people and say, God, how can I be better? How can I bless them? how can I turn around my victim feelings right now and make it something good? God gives us that ability to do that. But you know what? We have to choose it first. We have to make the choice first. And it's very hard because feelings are in the way. There's I mean, when something happens that's not good, or or we can't control, I know what happens. These feelings rise up, and and immediately you want to you want to blurt or you want to think something bad. But if we can stop, we're not going to ever stop those feelings, but we can choose not to act on them. James one twelve in the new um, in the New Living Translation says this: God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. God will bless you if you can pass by the temptation of feeling like a victim. He's going to bless you if you decide, God, I'm going to grow, I'm going to learn from this. And then afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Afterwards, after they make a decision to not be a victim, after we make the decision to walk with God. It doesn't happen automatically. There's not some fairy dust that God just ploops on you and you're never going to have a bad thought. You're never going to feel like that. It starts with a decision. And then the next thing, it goes right into um, what I'm talking about, is the one thing, another thing that I've learned, is that baby steps are better than giant leaps. Baby steps are better than giant leaps. When I was first um, became a Christian, I was so hungry for God's word. I just come from a life that I didn't like, and, and I felt God's love for me, and I wanted to do good. I wanted to turn the corner, and and I wanted to grow in God. So I would sit there and read my Bible, and not knowing where to start. Where do you start when you're first saved? I, I didn't, didn't know where to start, and I remember thinking that if I could just Unzip this spiritual zipper in my brain and shove the Bible in there that I would be the super Christian overnight, and and that would be a good thing. I really wanted to be. I really wanted people to think that oh my gosh, God has really changed her. But I wanted to be. I wanted it to be really fast. I wanted it to be overnight. And I know all of you know this that that just isn't possible. You can't be be saved one day. You can't come to know Christ one day and then the next day know there everything there is to learn. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get to that point until we get to heaven that we're going to know all there is to learn. But I had to, I had to train myself to baby step my way through this process of my relationship with Jesus. I wanted it to come so fast. And then sometimes I'd make some steps forward and then I would fall back. Thank God, why did I do that? And God was always there to pick me back up and get me on that step, on that path again to make, to make some baby steps. This is why large steps are not good, and baby steps are better. Because if we take these big steps, I've learned, we're gonna miss the stuff in between, the baby steps. And what are the things that we can learn in between? Lessons that we have to learn are some of the baby steps that we learn. Our relationship with God needs to be watered and not just a once and done thing. I couldn't, I mean, like I wanted to open up my head and shove the Bible in and be done and never have to to read the Bible again. That was never going to happen. I had to learn to take these baby steps. I had to learn to water my faith every single day. And how was I going to do that? Well, I needed some help from my Christian friends. But I discovered that watering meant just a little bit of Bible reading every day. And I wanted all of it at once, but I just little pieces were better than the whole thing. Just like we have to water plants. We're all getting ready to, um, to plant our gardens now. And knowing that we have to, we have to get the soil ready. And it takes, it takes time to cultivate that. And we have to water it to make sure that our plants grow. Another example of this is um, a diet. How many of you have been on a diet? I won't, won't, actually don't raise your hand, because I will just use myself. I've been on a thousand diets probably in the face of the course of my life. And I mess up every time, but I didn't because I want to start my diet today and then tomorrow be 100 pounds thinner. Why doesn't that work? It doesn't work, of course. Baby steps. I had to take one, change one habit at a time, make one decision at a time, and it takes time to cultivate that in our life. That's why baby steps are so important. That's why small steps are so important. Because we can't attain to what God's called us to do by one big step. Because then our, then if we take one huge step, then we might as well just go to heaven right away. But God has a different plan for us. So the small steps, the small cultivating steps, the small habit changes for losing weight, definitely, and for our growth with God are what is going to make the difference in the long run. We need that. Ephesians 4, through 24 says this, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love that. Although God could instantly transform us, he has chosen to develop us slowly. Jesus was deliberate in developing his disciples, just like God allowed the Israelites um, to take time to bring the promises to him little by little so they wouldn't be overwhelmed. A big step would be very overwhelming for us because we probably would fall back, and God knows that. So he holds our hand, and he helps us to go step by step, little by little, he prefers to work in incremental steps in our lives. Why does it take so long for us to grow up? Why does it take so long? Why, do you ever like hit yourself in the head and think, God, why? Why does it take so long? Why can't I just, when I make a decision to follow you, why is it so hard? Why do I take two steps back, it seems like, when I take one step forward? And I think it's because I try to get ahead of myself. I try to get ahead of where, where God wants me to be. If we could just relax, In God's presence, if we could just relax in knowing that he's got our back and that he has a plan for our relationship growth with him, life would be so much easier. We wouldn't probably necessarily be perfect, of course. We would still make some mistakes. But I think if we could learn to trust God more, I think it would be easier. He prefers to work in incremental steps in our lives. We're slow learners. We definitely are. We have to read something over and over and over to get it. Sometimes it feels like when I read my Bible, it's like, oh, I read that so many times. I, you know, I'm back again um, reading the Bible through the year, and, and I read the same scripture um, I did. I just read that. But God uses those moments to reiterate it in our life because we forget so easy. We forget God's plan for us. We forget his word. That's why it's important to read it over and over again. Even if you felt like you've read something a hundred or a thousand times in the Bible, read it again. It's good. it's good for us. It's going to cause us to grow. The history of Israel illustrates how quickly we forget the lessons of God. He's teaching, teaching us how to soon we revert back to our old patterns of behavior. We have to keep ourselves step-by-step daily in God's word so we don't revert back to our old way of life. We need repeated exposure over and over again. We have a lot to unlearn. Since most of our problems and our bad habits didn't develop overnight, it's unrealistic to expect for them to go away immediately too. So we need to spend time little by little in God's presence. There's no pill, there's no prayer, there's no magic wand, there's no fairy dust to sprinkle over us. We just have to keep on those small steps. It does require some hard work. The Bible calls it taking off the old self and putting on the new. If we want to renew our mind from where we used to be to what we want to be, we have to start shedding some stuff. We have to start shedding some attitudes and some, some ways that we have. And we have to start putting on the new stuff when we start learning and growing about it in God's word. But I don't know what it is, but it's human nature maybe, but we have a tendency to want to put that old stuff back on again, and God says, no, 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 keep it off, keep putting on the new stuff, and you'll get there. We have a lot to unlearn because we have a lot of bad habits that we've gotten into. Growth is often painful and scary, though, isn't it? When we want to grow in God and change some of our old ways, It can be really scary. We're just used to the way we used to be, and it's comfortable. We get comfortable with our old worn shirt that we've had for 20 years. But we need to get rid of the old stuff in order for the new stuff to be put in our lives. And that requires some patience. It requires a change of attitude. It requires a change of heart. It, it, it requires us to be focused on following God. We're never going to get it all right. We're never going to be perfect at any of these things. But like I said, these things that I've learned in my life, I feel like, uh, like every time I learn something, God wants to take me into a new phase of learning. It's like I passed sixth grade, and he wants me to continue to pass another grade or something. I don't, I don't know what it is. But, but we're continually shaving off the old stuff and putting on the new stuff. And that comes through walking with God daily, step by step. To sum up all these things that I've learned and, and so much more, God's grace is there for us for everything. God's grace is new every single morning. And how are we going to know what that grace is unless we read something about God's word? It doesn't have to be a whole Bible study, although that's amazing. Most of us have time for something, for, to put a nugget of God's word, a nugget of God's truth in our heart every day. And that's a small baby step. And maybe a little bit of a step could be getting into some good Bible studies. Find friends that will encourage you and, and lift you up and, and learn the Bible together. So these baby steps can, can start and pretty soon we can turn around and think, oh my gosh, I've, all those baby steps are behind me. I'm, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning and, and God's here for me and, and God has helped me and, and it's amazing. Let's stand this morning. Remember that good habits just take time to develop. Don't get discouraged if you are learning and then you messed up and you feel like you felt you have fallen back Remember, when you fall, you're falling straight into the arms of God. The scripture tells us that underneath are the everlasting arms of our Father. So if we fall, we're falling straight into his arms. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to lift us back up and set us on our path to start our steps forward again. God doesn't require us like some games. If you mess up, you've got to start all the way back from the beginning. God's not like that. He picks us up, and then we start walking from where, where we left off. Isn't that amazing? Remember the scripture I read about God's love for us? No matter what happens, God's love is here for us. No matter what you do, it will never be enough to push God away. You might feel like it, and the devil might tell you, you are not good enough for God's love, but you are. You are. You are, you are God's child. Let's borrow our heads this morning. Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for all these amazing people in this place. Thank you that your love never tires, that your love never, ever goes away. Your love is always here for us. I pray, God, that for each and every person here, that you would help us to grow in all of these ways. Help us to grow in ways of love. Help us, Father, to grow in um, making life too hard. Because, God, not that life is easy necessarily, Father, but you can make it so that we don't stumble you can help us not have that victim mentality. I pray that you help us to focus on you and not focus on ourselves and get away from the victim mentality. God, as you cause us to grow, I pray that you'd use us to further your gospel, further your kingdom, further your love in this world that we live in. And today, as all of our heads are bowed, I want to ask a very important question. Maybe some of you are here. Maybe some of you came as a guest and you're listening to all this and you're, you're feeling a tugging on your heart because you think, I don't have that relationship with God. I don't even have my, my first foot to go forward. So today is your chance. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'd like you to raise your hand so that I can pray with you. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer together. And for those of you that raised your hand, I just want you to know ahead of time that we love you here. If you have any questions about this prayer that you are going to make, there are a lot of people around here that can help you. We'll have people in front um, that can pray with you also at the end. Let's all pray this together. Thank you, Jesus, for your great love for me. And thank you for loving me, even though I don't deserve it. Today I accept you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to trust you from this day forward to help me make every step towards you. I commit today to follow you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to pray one last prayer as we go. Jesus, thank you for all these. I pray for all the moms in this place today that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you would protect them, that you would let them feel how much that they are loved and appreciated on this day and every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be dismissed. Um, like I was saying, we will, will have people up front to pray with you if you have any prayer needs.